that start fast. We thank God for the confirmation of the previous sermon that was preached by Minister Jonathan Taylor. God said, you did good, and we thank you. But now it's time for the conclusion of the story. So turn, if you will, to Mark 5, starting at the 35th verse. It is the custom of the house that when the word of God goes forth, that we that are under the sound of my voice, that we would stand in the presence and honor of God. If you are able and you have two feet, please stand in the name of Jesus. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Does everybody have the word of God? And the word reads, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, certain which said, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only and he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado? And weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and then that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, Talitha Kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment, and charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Come on. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. I tag this the wake-up call. Wake up, Hashtag Come on. get ready to eat. Come on, We sing that song, I'm Chasing After You. But has God ever run up on you? I mean, you ever said, pull up, Lord, and he did. And when he showed up, he showed out. Then after the turnaround, he turns around and tells you, don't tell nobody. What a predicament when it seems that my experience with God is contradicting my theology of God. What a predicament. How can I not testify of what God has done? When Luke told me that Jesus said, if we don't praise him, the very rocks will cry out. What a predicament when I know that they say, make a joyful noise. The preacher just said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But when I have a one-on-one with Jesus, he told me, don't tell nobody. Somebody got to make it make sense to me. Somebody got to let me know. Why would he say, make a joyful noise, but keep the testimony. See, it's not a contradiction. It's just an indication of the turn of the season. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So my assignment is to tell you the time is up for sleeping and now is the time for the church.
take a few alarms for me to actually get up. I gotta set six or seven type of mini alarms before the final alarm where I actually get up. Let's consider this your several alarms before the actual trumpet sounds. This is your wake up call before it's time to get up. And there's three particular wake up calls that God wants to stress to the body of Christ. The first wake-up call comes in, you gotta decide whose word you will receive. The second wake-up call is you got to decipher the company in which you keep. The third wake-up call is you have to have the proper response after you receive. And lastly, you just got to get ready and stay ready because it's time to eat. Now, I know we all like synopsis. Some of you may not have been here when Jonathan Taylor, minister, preached the woman with the issue. I will just run through it real quick just in case somebody didn't read their Bible lately. So, Martin, Jesus gets off the boat. Meanwhile, Jairus is at home. He looks and assesses the situation. His 12-year-old daughter lays dying, so he believes. So he runs for help because this is an emergency. First of all, you need to have the proper response in emergency situations. I don't need somebody when it hits the fan that they freeze and don't know what to do. Jairus immediately he was in the streets with it. Not for bad purposes, but to seek his savior. He went and found Jesus through the press and the throng. And he asked him a four-part prayer request. He asked him to come, lay hands, heal her body so she can live. Immediately, Jesus answers the first one. He goes with them. Then we're interrupted by a commercial break of praise and miracles brought to us by a woman with the issue. Out of nowhere, she comes, she touched the hem of his garment, she gets the blessing that she expected, and then Jesus stops and says, who touched my clothes? The disciples didn't even understand. They're like, everybody touching you. But there's a difference when someone with faith touches God and someone without touches God. So she knew that it was her touch that touched him that made him turn around. So she says, Jesus, it was me. This would happen. I testify, and this is what it is. As he says, your faith is the key. Your faith made you whole. So then he says, daughter, go in peace, and be whole of thy plan. While Jesus is still talking, here comes a rude interruption from some negative Nancy bringing a negative word, telling Jairus that his daughter doesn't die. First pause. My question is, how do you know she died when you ain't even at the house? You got to be careful about whose words you receive. Beware of people trying to tell you the story, and they weren't even there. Jesus 
Jesus had jokes, but then the B clause it says, and when he had put them all out.
more abundant. Yes. Now listen, the second thing, this is two-part point. Because you got to decipher the company you keep. Mm, some of us, you know the crime of being guilty by association. You don't want to be found guilty in the streets with God. Listen, he looks at them. He says, okay, nobody else can come. There's 12 disciples. But he only chooses three. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about There's 12 laborers. Talk about There's 12 on the board. There's 12 deacons and trustees. But he only chooses three. Now we know for obvious reasons why he ain't choose Judas. Talking it, freaking. But why? Did he choose these three? Look at this. First of all, he chose them because they were his inner circle. Right. He rolled with 12, but only three were his inner circle. You may roll with 12, but only three are your real circle. Everybody that's hanging around you cannot handle what God is about to show you in your life. Now, you may think he chose 
feet because he walked on water. <laughs> My God, Holy Ghost. That's what we identify with Peter. Or the fact that he denied him three times. Or the fact that he preached the revival and that 3,000 souls were saved. But all before that, the reason why he chose these three, because they were the first three that he ever called. Wow. When he told them to go into the deep, to cast their nets for a draught, it was Peter in the boat with Jesus. And then in the other boat was Jones, James, and John. And after they got the draught, where God gave so much that the boat almost leaked out, they came to the surface and he said, follow me. And immediately they walked with him. Yeah. See, you know they're the inner circle because he gave them nicknames. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Peter was the rock. James and John are the sons of thunder. Yeah. I wonder what Judas' nickname would have been. Another reason why. Somebody thinking about nicknames right now. Another reason why he chose is because these were the three who were also with him on the Mount of Transfiguration. Which further proves that everybody, even though they believe in God, cannot witness your transformation. God is telling you, wake up to your call. Elevate to where you are. It don't matter how many drugs you saw in the street. Give them a new plug in his name, Miss Jesus. He's the best connect that you could ever have. Everybody ain't sanctuary with saints. It's some street saints out there. It's some street disciples. It's some people that don't got the three-piece suit, but they got the power of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You need to wake up to your purpose in the kingdom. Okay, so they were on the Mount of Transfiguration. And, but the real reason, the real reason why I think he shows these things. Come on. Is because after the Last Supper, yeah. when Judas went on his snitching mission, <laughs> he took the eleven to the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. He separated them then, yeah. and he took these three into the yeah. inner part of the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. You know the Garden of Gethsemane. It's where he famously prayed the three-part trilogy. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. You read a little further, you'll find out every time Jesus came back from praying, mm -hmm. these three were the ones who were asleep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the reason why the others didn't go, because they didn't understand the situation. Mm -hmm. They didn't understand why this girl was asleep. See, he couldn't take Thomas with him. Thomas don't understand that. He don't understand closing your eyes and taking a nap. He understands based on his faith, he only believes what he can see. My God. My That's what Thomas said. But he chose these three because they know the value and the difference between being dead and being asleep. So many people have said that you are dead. So many people have said your marriage is dead. Your family is dead. Your children will be dead. But 
just your wake up call. So you can't take people who don't understand your situation. You can't tell everybody everything that's going on in your life. Because the truth of the matter is, there are some people who just cannot hold water. Wow. Come on. Preach. That's true. Preach. 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 So why would you tell them? Here's a clue of whether or not you should tell that person your business. If when you talk to that person, they tell you somebody else's business, that ain't the one you should tell your business. If you really want your business to be secret, I suggest you do like Jairus did and take it straight to Jesus. That's right. That's right. He know how to keep a secret as well as a promise. Okay. So after he divides the disciples and they come to the house, he surveys the scene like a good first responder. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Ain't it funny he saw what was going on in the house without ever stepping in the house? Wow. <laughs> See, it's in this moment yeah. that he taps into his 100% God. Yeah. He shows them the power of El Roi, the God who sees. He sees everything, even if you think what you did in the dark couldn't come to life. Yeah. See, we might behave a little better if we thought about every time we did something that Jesus is right there. The truth of the matter is, Jesus is right there. Yeah, yeah. So don't do it no more, amen? That's your wake-up call. Amen. Listen, so he looks at the house. He sees it. That's what the Bible says. He sees the tumult. Now, this see is not the same as to behold right. or to look. <laughs> There's a difference when Jesus sees you. Yeah. This see in the Greek means veil rail. Yeah. It means to view attentively and to discern. Yeah. When was the last time you looked at your situation and truly discerned what was going on? <laughs> that you didn't decide from your emotions and didn't always blame it on the devil. If you would tap into the power of Holy Spirit, he will allow you to discern, to decipher, to differentiate what is really going on. You keep accepting the narrative that they got. You gotta decipher the truth from the lie. Remember 50 years ago, they said that wasn't a thing. Now they're pushing this certain narrative. We need to ask God what is really going on. Not only in our lives, but in our families. Not only in your family, but in your house. So he surveys the thing. He discerns everything. And then he steps into the house. Is Jesus welcome at your house? 